MMA Roadshow, episode number 460. My name is John Morgan, and Cole Coffee is with me here in the beautiful, slightly chilly, but beautiful Sin City, Las Vegas, home at the Casa de Cole Coffee. And I got to say, Cole Coffee, well, first of all, I got to say, I feel like my voice is finally back. I feel it's like better. Yeah, it's getting closer. You still, you still hear it. I can I hear, hear myself yeah. right now. And I, dude, I've been sick for like a month, but it's almost yeah. gone. It's almost gone. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to jinx first. it, but you do sound better. So I, 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 I can hear it. It was weird. It's, I don't normally, you know, this might shock you, but I don't normally just sit around my house talking like this. You know what I mean? And so I can actually hear myself. I'm like, wait, I think I might actually be almost healthy again. Uh, so that's a good thing. That's but, good. but second of all, I mean, you got some. You, there's so much going on right now that we can, we can get into. First of all, we got we've got redecorating going on. That's true. The studio. Studios. I want to I want to give some props to that. The yeah. redecorating is going on. Uh, vintage. Vintage. Vintage autograph like, and Victor FC legit posters. Legit vintage. Like th- some of the greatest things. It's so funny. And, I, and I, I think we talked about it. We did bring it up the story last time about how my neighbor Zach, mm-hmm. a greatest of all Zachs on that week, uh, maybe for the month. We'll give him we'll give him the, the year so far. I There's like some it. other good Zach. Zach Humphrey's a good one, but we'll give it to our Zach, <laughs> my neighbor Zach. Um, legit was like. He showed me these posts. He's like, oh, you're involved in MMA? He's like, I knew there was something cool about you, man. So we started talking, and when he pulled those out, I was like, oh, my God. Looking at the names, Honchak, Nunez, Smith, uh, Baszler, like it goes down the line, like everybody, and they were autographed, and I was like, this is so cool. I was like, you got to do something with it. And so the fact that he actually thought about it, he's like, I'm never going to do these. I bet this will get this, you know, make this guy's day, and did it ever. So, yeah, I immediately – Went in, ordered like um, some poster frames from Amazon, and then I was like, I got to get this up. So yesterday I had a little slow time, so I pulled out the stepladder. Only, um, almost killed myself. Only like once or twice, uh, because I was in. I, well, I'm sure you'll kid me. Well, about I was going to say, then we'll get to the rest of it. Uh, and then we got to talk about. In the about. middle of a fast. Okay, at let's the just time. throw it out there. Yeah. <laughs> He's got he's got the, the, the data white uh, recipe <laughs> section over here. It's it's like they they we actually just are about to uh, film an episode of Fuck It Friday over here because <laughs> he's the, yeah he's, he's got the chef over here. But no, so you're in the middle of a like right now as we speak. I can't you can't call it a fast, but it's definitely okay. more like a calorie deficit sort of thing because after 24 hours I did the 24 hours and then I was like okay let me start doing this bone broth thing and see what it's all about. I will tell you that that kettle and bone or kettle and fire, kettle and fire brand thing. is legit. It's really really good, but man, is it expensive? So I'm actually got a little test. I got some of that, and I got some of this simple, um, simple organic, simple truth. One of the other brands that you find at like more Kroger's, g- generic or type thing, totally generic. It's like at a third of the price, but it's supposedly bone broth as well, and it had comparable uh, protein. Like the kettle and fire was 10 grams, this was nine grams. And I think it had a little bit less sodium, but that's not here or there. But I wanted to try it out just to see. Um, but instead of just doing the bone broth and water, which is what Dana supposedly did for the second, the 48 hours after the initial 24 hours, I've um, had to, I did like I have some whey protein powder, so I put that right. in water. So I, I, I was like, dude, it was hard enough getting through the initial 24. I should have did it right because I started. I think the last thing I had the day before I, the day I started, I think the last thing I had was like some little Hershey's chocolate bars from the fucking <laughs> the Halloween candy that I'm trying to get rid of. So it wasn't like I did it right and was like, okay, well, I had a nice, nutritious meal. Now let's go 24 hours. Uh. It, it was not. I was just like, let's just see what happens. And so by the time it got That's around great. today, <laughs> I, was, I was like, okay, let's have some like uh, – I was like, I'll just make my protein drink. So it's like powder. So it's good protein. Um but I'm slowly easing uh, back into it. And again, I'm only going to probably do it to the end of today. I doubt I'll do another 24 hours. But it was a nice shock to the system. I will tell you, after just doing the 24-hour fast, dropped like four pounds, four and a half pounds. I don't – you know, most of that's probably just water and and could be, you know, it's not all at, – at best, I'm hoping that I maybe lost about maybe a pound of fat or, right, or right. half a pound. It's pro- Half a pound is probably more likely or whatever. Um, but I felt pretty decent about it. But – when you're in a fast and you're trying to hold, hang pay, posters and you're trying to balance on a ladder and you're trying to step around gear that I was – I just – I couldn't be plussed at all to move the shit. I was like, let me just deal around with it. And I about fell and broke my leg. And I was just like – so there's one poster that's kind of at a, Little, a slight angle. a slight angle over there. But that's just the minor. second attempt. Okay. I was like, I am not going to put another hole, set of holes, you're and like, I'm not going to do another staying. third wall. I was like, I'm going to live with it. Did you, you know? uh, did you consider hitting up D-Dub and say, hey, man, when you were in the middle of your – fast 
and you were hanging some posters in your yeah, office like, what studio. Did you do? Like, yeah, how like, did you distract yourself? How was did it you hanging deal posters? with the balance? I mean, I'm sure you were up on a ladder like me, probably <laughs> feeling this. And like, you how know? did you deal with it? You know, we're we're very very similar like that. You know, in fact, I probably should. I probably should just hit him up. I'm like, you know, D Dub. You yep. know, I'm I'm struggling to get into that next set of four. You know, 24 hours. You know. Yeah, can you take me to the Palms or maybe, something? Can you take me to, maybe, can you take maybe me get, to a gambling room? I was going to say, maybe you can hit him up at Red Rock tonight or Durango <laughs> Station. Y'all can hit the VIP room, drop in a couple you know, couple $20,000 hands like, of blackjack. Come on, blackjack. man, make me a happy guy. Make me a happy guy. Or, or is it happy, <laughs> happy guy or dad, happy dad? Happy, happy dad. Make me a happy guy. I like it. Well, I can't call myself a happy dad. I ain't, I ain't a that dad. That is true. So. Look at these posters. Uh, Invicta, Invicta FC2, for instance. Sarah McMahon, Shayna Baszler, Alexis Davis, Liz Carmouche, Amanda Nunes. I mean, God, the names on here: Sarah Delelio, Vanessa Porto, Bart Honchak, Julia Budd, Carla Esparza, Raquel Pennington. Top to bottom, uh, unreal. That's pretty cool. And same with them, like two, three, and four. Like it, they still, it wasn't like they had the 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 largest roster. So you started seeing a repeat of yeah, some yeah. of their, their killers. Definitely Baszler, Nunez on some of them. Um, I think uh, um, Joanne Woods on a couple. I think Rose, yeah. Rose Nami Yunus is on so, four. Dude, and I was just like, I was so blown away. Laura yeah. Sanko is on four. Is she on there? I have to go yeah, back. Yeah, you have to that. find. Obviously, she was the first fight of the night, so she doesn't have. Uh, she might not have a picture. She won't have a picture on there, but I bet. Yeah, you're gonna have to look on four and see if you can find the uh, the Laura Sanko autograph, which look has some that. value for different reasons. But Paige Van Zant is on there against Tisha Torres. Dude, that's I'm pretty cool. You, one, of the, one of the coolest things ever. So yeah, I actually, uh, and I'll, I need to bring him over. I'll, I'll have to introduce you to him because, like I, I think I was telling you, he, was, he used to have an MMA gym in I think Denver, and used to do a podcast as well. And uh, now he's kind of segued away from MMA, but he still has a lot of love for it and stuff. But I told him I was like, bro, I got to bring you over here to, as a thank you, we'll talk MMA that's or awesome. do whatever. So I, and I wanted to bring him over to, to show him why I put that. I actually put the posters up, and I wasn't just like talking just shit, lying like, about you know. It. Yeah, that's so. that's why it makes it look. I've still got a bunch of like old fight posters that yeah. I have like still in tubes right now because I don't have the wall space to display yeah. all. But the other thing is just uh, your wife would kill you if you try to put up. All she your absolutely would because I, I actually thought about it. You one got point, a lot of them because I have like uh like our, my staircase that we have like there's a big wall right Ooh. there that's nothing on it and I thought about like maybe putting them there but then I also thought that my wife might kill me and yeah. be like that's a big that's a big wall space to fill up. But I do have a lot of posters, and it is fun to me to go to get them and, and just remember those old names. And like you said, to not only see the ones that are featured on there, but see yep. like the autographs. You know, even like um, I do have like the UFC 100 autograph poster like hanging in my living room. The other the other three are all in my office that I have actually taken the time to frame. But I have 100 in my living room downstairs. Like even that, like I think it's cool. Like you know, if there's a John Jones autograph on there, even though he's not you know one of the featured. Yep. Obviously, that was the the main lineup, but. Um, yeah, and just kind of seeing those old yeah. names on there. I got some other ones up in the tube. I will tell you the 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 worst story ever about a poster because um, I have the original, I have the regular poster, the non-signed poster, but I left. Uh, I don't know if it was the Weidman Silva, but I left no because that was here. Uh, or yeah, that was here. Um, one of the posters I have, I want to say it was Anderson Silver or something from over in Brazil. I left on the plane oh. up, up in the bin. I was so I'm sure bummed. it's probably still in Lost and Found. Somebody yeah, held yeah, it there I'm for sure, you. I'm sure. Just waiting on the rightful owner to show up <laughs> and claim their property. It, oh, I was so bummed because I remember I got home and I was like, it, some, I don't know why. I just didn't register in my head that, oh, hey, by the way, you forgot this poster. Until like, well, yeah, because when you throw them up there in the overhead bin, they slide back to the back. Yeah, and, and, and I usually have gear. So I think tired, I just, all I thought about was like gear. I got my gear. I got my stuff, my backpack. Let's go. You yeah. know, and I didn't think about it. And then I think probably a week or so went by and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I never brought that poster. And it was a signed one because we used to help when we'd help um, – uh, the guy Jeff that used to actually do the poster and stuff, we used to help him. That was like the little trick at the end. He's like, "Hey man, if you help me roll these posters and put them in the tubes, he's like, I'll give you one." Because they'd always they always make a few extra. Yeah, they always make a few extra ones yep. just in case somebody rips or whatever, you know. And so I I was lucky enough to get that. So I have some other ones upstairs. The only other UFC poster I have up is Henan Brow and uh, Dillashaw too. Yep. I think I might have the first one. I might have another one. But when I was trying to pick ones to put up, I, I remember I went with that one, but I have some like older ones. But I think in terms of maybe, maybe I don't have one. I think in terms of like title ones, that's the probably the, 
the only title one I think I have. I have other random ones. I think I might have like Fight for the Troops that yep. took place, which was like one of the Silvas and like Stan or somebody or something along those lines. They started to get really expensive, so I used to yeah. buy them quite frequently. They weren't that bad. You could get them for like two hundred bucks or something. The autograph poster, yeah. right? Which was like to me very fair. I mean, you're talking about That's 20, 20 twenty four yeah. people on a card, and you got all their autographs yeah. on one place. Like it was worth it to me. And then they started to get expensive. I'll never forget. It was like it was UFC one twenty nine which was St. Pierre and Shields in the stadium. And I wanted to get that one because yep. uh, it was a stadium event, yep. right? Um, but it was $500. And I was oh, like, gosh. I can't justify 500 And then it started to get with like some of Connor's fights were like 1000 yeah. You know, Connor and Habib and I think uh, Madison Square Garden. I did get the final um, – the fight night when he headlined in Ireland. Yeah. I, I know I have that one, uh, the autograph from there that I need to get down. Right. I started to get I – d- I think one of the – ones that wasn't that expensive was the return to Brazil because um, I think the the thing that they always I remember them talking about it like market research showed that like paper products didn't really sell that well in Brazil so like uh-huh. uh, you know what do you call it programs yeah. or stuff like that like they wouldn't make them so they lowered the price even though yeah. that it was like Hall of Famers on there make really cool programs yeah, yeah. Programs oh yeah so badass I, I think to. I have a nice decent like pile of like cool programs yep and then they just kind of stop nobody yeah nobody that, buys that stuff that anymore, had to right? be expensive but yeah i mean like it had to be expensive to make them but yeah i've thought about that and that might be something cool I, I, those. I wonder if somebody listens to this that has some expertise i i've always wondered if there's something that's like uh, this is a dumb idea but to just say it like you know like how posters used to be displayed in stores way back in the day yeah, like just like yeah, yeah, yeah. That like little, I wonder that rack thing exactly, and you would it. flip it over like a book almost, right? Yeah. Like I wonder if there's something like that that's out there that's commercially. Sure you could probably and find good. one of those old school ones, but they're just big and bulky. Spencer's gifts or whatever. Yeah, because it right used now. to, because it used to, like you'd had the 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 thing that you could rotate and like right. you know flip through, but then below that was like the little holders where you'd have multiple ones. Yeah, yeah. So like that wouldn't be the most attractive like in your no, room because then no. you don't need that bottom part but I'm sure you could build something Just that top part where it's like yeah, displayed nice almost like that I need to figure out something I want to see posters them. are big they're big like, that's the one that's in there compared to like the um the Invicta ones it just dwarfs it it's yeah. funny because I have one leaning in the office lean on the rack there's like a good 12 foot size bag that's sitting in front of it the the poster behind it goes all the way down behind that and it's a good Two or three, three feet above it. It's a good almost four feet. It's crazy. Like those posters, they're really, really big. Um, so the poster frame, even the poster frame itself, costs a lot. If you're gonna try to like frame them, Bro, and the especially cup. if you're doing nice ones, like the poster frame I got in there was like way too nice because it's like one for like a theater where it's metal clamps, so it, it comes out. Oh, they nice. open up easy, so you can. But it's for it's for swapping posters. Yeah, yeah. You don't need a swap poster. Right, right. I didn't really think about it. So like, I think that frame now is on sale, but it was at the time like a hundred bucks. Now it's like seventy bucks. Still not cheap. It's and not I, cheap. The ones I framed at home, like I paid for custom framing to get yeah. them like nice. I and mean, that's just, I mean, you every like once a year, like Michaels will have yeah. like a big framing sale or whatever. But still not cheap at that yeah. point. So I think the ones I got for the Invicta ones, they're they're it's little plastic. They're it's a plastic frame that snaps sort of together. But I think I got the three of those for like thirty or. 30 or oh, 40 go. bucks or something. I was like, that's reasonable. I was that's like, fair. I can't spend 180 bucks on frames, even though the posters even the are posters worth are it. Free. I mean, the posters are worth it, but I was like, that's a lot of money. So I was like, I was like, they're not going anywhere. And I learned my lesson on that other poster frame. I mean, if you got, if you're balling and you can, you know, get the nice, super nice metal frames and nice, big, sturdy ones all, all for you. Cause I mean, some of those actually, you can put lighting in them and all that kind of crap. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't need that. You know, like this is decent enough. And as long as somebody doesn't like, Walk up to the frame like, oh, is that a is that a plastic frame? Yes, sir, it is. Hundred <laughs> percent, it is. I had a but I had a buddy Tony that you know you'd met that he he's he moved. They actually aren't here in Vegas anymore. He used to be really into like custom framing, Tony but moved, like uh, like yeah, down to, they're down in Texas now. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. they moved down. So, um, but he was really into like custom Damn, framing. I like my chance to jam out. I'm telling you, you could yeah, you had, had to take advantage. Now we we'll go to Texas. To now you got to head down to Galveston, I think, to do it. But he would put you know where you put like the multiple mats on it of different colors oh, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. He was, like, super into it. So, anyway. There's your poster chat. Poster talk. Poster talk. Poster talk on the MMA UFC Road Show. UFC 260 poster talk. Uh, all right, listen, obviously we're going to talk about UFC uh, 297 this week. Uh, a great fight card. Uh, I think it's going to be entertaining. I will say uh, on Saturday night I will be super bummed that I'm not there. Uh, but as it sits right now, and I see the weather up there and how cold <laughs> I was like, it is. Really? Are you? Uh, oh, just just Saturday from the <laughs> from the moment that Malcolm Gordon and Jimmy Flick start walking to the cage, yeah. to the moment that Sean Strickland and Dirk Duplessis leave the cage, I'll be like. 
damn, I wish I was there. Yeah. And then as soon as that's over, I'll be like, dude, it I'm looks. I'm glad I'm home. Man, so I went to Belgium this past weekend to do a show over there with my buddy Gokhan, MMA Bushido 90. Fun show, man. It was in this theater. Um, it, it worked out really good, man. We had, we had a pro-am show, a lot of fun. Um, he always treats me super good over there and, and uh, treats me like family. So we had, a, we had a, a great show. And then I flew back, and it was so funny because while I was over there, my dad my dad actually was texting me because uh, my dad and my stepmom are actually going to be in town this week, and so we were just kind of talking. And my dad was like, hey, man, I hope it's not too cold over there. He's like, it's getting really cold here, like to the point that uh, he's like, I think they had to cancel like 2,000 flights out of Chicago or something. And I was like, damn, because my return flight is through Chicago. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so I flew home on Sunday after the show and got super lucky. Um, but it was a little bit – so I flew – it was actually a great flight home. It was Brussels to O'Hare, O'Hare to Vegas. So super easy, one stop. Yeah. But I got to Chicago, and I feel so sorry. Like there were people – like there had to be 300 people in a line for customer service, and ah. you could just see the board cancel, delayed, cancel, delayed. Can't, like people were stressed. You could see it. Fortunately, my flight wasn't delayed, but it was weird. I don't know what was going on. I didn't get my pre-check. Uh, which may have been my fault. Maybe I didn't put it in right, but I didn't get my pre-check. It might have been because I was returning internationally. I don't know. But I went through security, and then we had to get on a bus to go from one terminal to the next. I guess uh-huh. the train wasn't working or something, so we had to take a bus. But we had to go outside. bro. And I was wearing shorts. But there was like a <laughs> of course couple. Of course you were. Yeah. There were a couple dudes <laughs> that were wearing like T-shirts and stuff, right? And, dude, it was freezing. So we got to where we had to go into the terminal. And I guess this was like a makeshift setup or whatever because the dude was like, all right, guys, just get off, stand over there, and I'll, I'll, I'll go let you in. So we had to get off the bus, and it was like, like zero degrees or yeah. like even under in Chicago, and we had to go stand outside. Now he only left to stand in there for, I don't know, four or five minutes, you know, yeah. while everybody got off the bus. But like for those, like I was cold with my shorts, but like those dudes that were in like t-shirts, yeah. like I felt sorry for them. I was, yeah. I was like, this was the best setup you could figure out is let's take yeah. these dudes out here in zero degree weather and have them stand outside. So uh, yeah, I had my little share of the cold. I've, yeah. I've, had, I've had enough no, of it. No, thank you. Yeah, I was supposed to go back home, uh, well, go visit yeah. my mom, not back home, but I was going to go and I was going to fly out and then start. my mom started t- pinging me. My brother was pinging me. He's like, dude, the weather's going to be bad. Maybe you don't want to go. And I was, it, it sucks because I did want to go back, but it, it turned out to be the right uh, the right call because when I, I talked with her um, yesterday, they had got like six inches. Even where my brother's at was even more so. So the thought of like having my, you know, mom and my stepdad in, that are in their 70s drive up to Nashville to pick me up, I was like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And it's like cold. It's like zero degrees right now, and they were supposed to get more. So I'm bummed I didn't go back, but um, – yeah. uh, yeah, I, I'm, that weather stuff, man. I'm telling you, uh, and somebody, somebody, I saw it on a meme or whatever online. It was like, I'll take 105 over zero any day of the week. You know, like especially when it's just the the freezing cold, the the nasty precipitation. Um, snow's pretty and all. You know, it's it's beautiful, and if you ski and you like to sled, good for you. But yeah. uh, all the other parts of it, uh, uh, no thank you. Brutal. No thank we you. we live out here for a reason, man. And it's yeah. I, I'm struggling with this like 40 degrees out here. I don't need that zero degree stuff. So <laughs> hopefully uh, everybody is staying warm out there around the country, man, because it is yeah, it's brutal. It is a brutal Arctic blast. All right, UFC 297. As we said, uh, Sean Strickland drinking Duplessis. Um, man, I feel like a. a I guess it's fair to say, but I feel like a lot of people are really trash in this card. I actually think the card is going to be fun, but I also do understand, you know, if you're paying 75, 80 bucks, maybe you feel like you're not getting as much star power as you want. I think yeah. part of that is, hey man, 298, 299, 300. You got some really big pay-per-view cards coming up. I think it's probably always a little bit more challenging to book these January events for the UFC because that means that whoever's committing has to train through the holidays and a lot of, a lot of people don't want to do that. Yep. But overall, I actually do like the card. I think there's some some fun fights on it. Um, and I'm really, really intrigued by this main event, man. Like way more than I think I thought I was going to be. I mean, it's, it wasn't even the fight we thought we were going to get, right? We thought we were building towards – Israel Adesanya versus Drickus Duplessis and the the you know the pride of Africa and the tense rivalry between these two and all the tension and all that. And now we're getting this fight instead. Um, and look, I've seen some of the build up right in the in the in the embedded. They went and shook hands with each other. So now people are like, oh, do they not really like each other? Is it just a setup? Is it whatever? Um, I to be honest, man, 
I think these dudes are a lot alike, man. I think they're I think they're the same, just kind of alpha male, you know, kind of thing. Definitely and, alpha males, and, and and you know, not really afraid about what they say. And and uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean. I, you know, I, I don't think either one of them are the kind of like, I just can't be in a room with that guy or it'll never, you know, I have to. But I think they're going to go put on a hell of a fight. And I'm I'm excited for this. Yeah. Well, even like uh, I, I don't watch a lot of the embedded. I, I tend to miss them unless I hear something about them. I go back and watch. But I did happen to flip on the one that I saw a thumbnail of today. And it might have been from yesterday or today. And you can see that DDP comes up and Sean's like in a hallway and they shook hands, yeah. you know, and there was cordial enough, you know, I mean, there were no stabbings. That's good. You know, none Always of that good. sort of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like there are two guys that, you know, they say what they're going to say, but I think at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I think, you know, even what DDP was sort of up there saying, he's like, you know, I'm trying to be respectful, you know, but you, you give it to me, I'm going to give it back to you. If you don't want it, then don't bring it, you know, that's completely understandable. Um, I think if anybody's going to be surprised about anything that comes out of Sean's mouth now, I think <laughs> you're a little late to the game. Yeah. I think you just kind of expected even today when he came in, it was immediately just along the lines of, I'm going tr- to try not to say F word, and I'm not talking about, I think you said not talking about the fuck word or something like, you know, or something. Uh, and I haven't. I, I saw him I and Alexander K. Lee got into that's it a what, little that's bit. That's what I, I just saw a tweet that uh, Stephen Morocco put, so it makes, I'll have to pull it up later on and, what, and see what What did what Stephen say? I'm curious. Did he, did he um, condemn Sean or anything? Well, there, uh, somebody wrote uh, – well, somebody wrote was like, good on Alexander Lee for asking this. Understand journalists who show up at every event either can or don't want to be confrontational, but this is how you ask a question about the hateful statement Strickland has said in the past and then went on to sort of – you know, say Sean was a, a terrible person, and then Morocco was just like second this, and as my understanding, UFCPR apologized to him later. Now, if they could do it when it counts, that would also be great. So, hmm. I guess PR maybe said something. So, I haven't heard what Sean said. I kind of um, was listening to a Gannett town hall. There's a bunch of things happening in Gannett or whatever, so I was I wasn't really paying attention to a lot of it. So I'll have to go back and do it. But yeah, I mean, he laid into him pretty hard, and and yeah. it was one of those things where. I, I mean, I guess, you know, to to Alexander's credit, you know, he's trying to get these years-old statements addressed or what have yeah. you. I, it's one of those things where you're not wrong for asking it, you know what I mean? I think there are better scenarios than on fight week where you could try to get some time with them and you'd probably get a better answer than that if you had. But if it's your only access to the guy, like we said before, yeah. you know, like uh, Conor McGregor, when I need to ask about the, the sexual assault allegations, the only place I was going to get to do it was the press conference because that was the only access we had to him. So um, I did. You don't always, uh, you know, you're not always going to get the best answer that you want. And Sean definitely went in on it pretty hard saying he was like the enemy and he was, you know, he was what was bad with society and, oh, and all that. So it was – he went in on him a lot, but I, I, I don't know. It, it would be interesting to see if if UFCPR would step in and stop it as it was going on versus just well, we've apologizing. Never we've never but, seen him. I've never in never all these it. years. I've never seen him stop anybody. I've seen him immediately try to do, um, you know fix it after the fact, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of run around and like sort we of can hook you. Do uh, you want to come talk to him over here? Yeah. We apologize. Let's go. Hey, yeah. let's get you another but quote. I haven't ever seen him stop anybody. But I mean, and that comes from the top That's down. That's company you know? culture, right? You know, I mean, Dana says, I can't control these guys. They're adults. They go in there and they fight in a cage, you know, like what are we going to do? So obviously that theory just trickles down, you know, so um, and I can see where some people are probably like, well, hey, keep keep talking, Sean. Just keep talking because I'm going to clip it and I'm going to put it out there. You know, everybody did. Yeah, a- every I, outlet that has it clipped it. Yeah, so um, interesting. But yeah, I'll have to go back and see it, and that sucks. You know, I I don't like seeing any any reporter, any journalist that's asking a legit question. You know, get attacked for no particular reason. So you know, obviously that it's more reflective on Sean than anything else. Uh, you know, I know some people will say, oh, that's not the time or place, but like, yeah, I think you laid it out great. Like, you know, if this is your only access and you're there, you know, and you're going to ask the questions, you know, obviously, you know, everybody has, you know, their own sort of internal voice and their internal things of what they want to do. Like there's a lot of people that show up and they feel like, um, people shit on everybody if they don't ask those questions, mm-hmm. you know, um, so you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Damned whichever, if you do, damned if you whichever, don't. Whichever you do, somebody's you gonna criticize it. Yeah, if you don't ask you're, it, you're somebody's softballing gonna softballing it. You. Oh, what are you yeah. there for? You're not even really doing your thing. But if you do ask it, then you're the guy that's just a jackass that's trying to stir the pot. You exactly. know what I mean? It's, exactly. It's definitely a no-win situation. But you know, credit to him. I mean, he had the support of his outlet and he had the support of his team behind him. And he, he. I mean, what he asked was a fair question. You know, um, I assume I. Don't know what the full question because yeah, I haven't yeah. heard well, it. it was, so I'm it was only going to speculate. But, it was, you know. I mean, you know, if you want to be like, dude, it was you know several years 
ago that these things were stated. So yeah. if you wanted to be criticized, you'd be like, ah, is that really current to what's happening right yeah. now? But it's still fair. I mean, and that's like, you know, the whole the whole media right now, and like, you know, especially with like, you know, Trump and a lot of these other guys have made it a point, you know, to, to slam media when they bring anything up from the past, you know. So he almost like took a playbook of like politicians and what a lot of people in the limelight have done now. It's like, oh, you want to bring up my past and you want to bring up this and that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they tend to shit on it. So, um, yeah, I guess he he took an, a line from a playbook as well. But, yeah, it's unfortunate that um, – because I, I don't really know Alex personally, but I know he's a, a respectable guy in the yeah. field, and I know he does his work, and I know he works hard. So um, I don't think he's out there trying to, to stir the pot um, where I could see where somebody might think he was. But, you know, it's a fair question. It's interesting because I've talked about it before too. Like, you know, and now in the day of, like, live streaming everything – people may look at that and be like why was that necessary but what those media days were originally started was like to get quotes for your story that you're writing you know yeah. what i mean so you might be asked, so there may be a reason to ask yeah. about it where you might not you know and i'm sure he had a story about it and i'm sure his outlet had a story about it you know like most of these guys like if they're legit like trying to actually ask a question that might come off a bit off-putting to the fight or whatever there's going to be a story behind it they're not just like they're not going to write a story that says sean yelled at me you know, they're actually going to be like, did Sean address his things in the past? Here, here he is coming, and he was addressing, you know, especially when it came to his past, and he didn't want DDP to bring this other stuff. But then it's like, okay, well, you've shit on other people in the past too, so it's almost fair game to bring that up. If you're, if you're, you know, same with like what DDP was saying, like, you know, don't bring it up, and don't say stuff, or it's going to come back on you. This was stuff that was said before, and here it is coming back upon him, you know. And there were there could been could have been a moment where he could have addressed it in one particular way, and said, "Yeah, you know, I that was a, a shitty comment for me in the past. You know, I've learned from it." Or I could be like, "Fuck you for asking that." Blah that's blah true. blah blah blah. Yep. It could have been it could have it could have went multiple ways. It's true. But this is a guy cutting weight, and this is the guy that's you know getting that's ready to get it's into fight week for fight. a tie to fight. You're cutting weight. That's why I always say. It's not to me the best place yeah. to ask it, but again, if it's the only place and you feel like it's necessary, yeah. but I just when it comes to stuff that's not about fight week and it's not about the fight itself and that it's about maybe something that's a touch controversial yeah. or a touch, I do feel like this is a really rough time to actually get a good answer. Just imagine if and this would have been even worse, I think, for the UFC. Imagine this is the press conference. Dana's up there. Yep. Dana decides to jump in and say, guys, guys, what is with these questions? Right. Keep it about the fight. Da, 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 da. Just like when people have asked questions, we tried asking about Kevin Holland, about the altercation outside. Guys, stop asking this Yeah, why bullshit. are we talking about why fights? Why are we talking about this? Yep. It would be – just imagine how worse it would be if Dana was up there and he felt like then he had to step in and do it, you know. Because like, then the crowd jumps on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they all rally behind Dana. They rally so behind Dana. You start getting – what was the question? About? I mean, Mark Romandi got trashed one time for a completely legitimate question. Yeah, uh, and, I can't remember the question, but it was Somebody legit. got mad and everybody booed, booed and he's just yeah. – you know. Which, I mean – I mean, you got to have thick skin or whatever, but it's like yeah. no, nobody showed up. Like – what other place do you show up to work and, like, there's a possibility that thousands of people will boo at you? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, ah, oh, maybe, you know. For doing what yeah. your job. Bro, I, you know? I, I closed the deal today. What do you think about the terms that I negotiated on there? Boo! Uh, you suck! <laughs> so, I mean, and again, like we said, you know, this is a guy, too, that, you know, has been quick to say, you know, like, he has issues that he's dealing with and he snaps about, but he's also cutting weight. I flipped out hanging a fucking poster yesterday. <laughs> hanging a poster to myself. Nobody bringing up any of my shit that I've done in the past. So I can only imagine, you know, uh, immediately where his head could go, you know, a million different ways, but that's definitely not excusing what he did by any means. But again, I need, I will have to go back and watch it, but it's unfortunate, but yeah, going back to when we were talking about these two guys, man, it is going to be a banger. It's crazy. Um, because I think initially any other time, maybe even before the Izzy fight, I would pick DDP. Right. Everybody on staff has picked DDP. Really? I hate seeing that. Everybody did. The Almost whole... everybody. Wow. But I did not. I went, went Strickland. Strickland. I went Strickland. Part of it because I think Strickland has the skill set to do it. I think he has the style to do it. DDP, if he can get it to the ground, sorry, Sean, you're going to lose. I agree. Um, but I hate seeing us in a match like this, especially and maybe it's sort of homering for the the home team. I hate seeing uh, like an extreme couture headline and the whole staff because I feel like even though the whole staff isn't here, it's like the home gym here yeah, in Vegas. Yeah. I, I don't want to be that guy that's doing it. But I honestly do think Sean has the capability of doing it. But I know even Abby today, um, he was a Strickland. He picked Strickland as well. But he thought DDP was so well-centered 
today and handled himself that he was just more in tune. So he switched his vote. Wow. That was one of, I think Goes picked him, but Goes is an extreme couture homer. Yeah. You know, like that would be really shitty for him not to, whether he thinks it or not, like he can't pick it. Absolutely. He's there like every week. Um, but <laughs> Like right away, he's like, I got Curtis. Uh, I got, yeah. you know what I mean? I like, did pick Curtis yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I kind of homered a little bit, but I just hate when it's like, and, and there's times it happens where the staff is unanimous, but on this particular one, I, besides the skill set, I did lean strictly because funny. I hate seeing the unanimous. It's side. funny because you and I are both the same way in that. In that, um, I, I'm sure most people just be like, "Who cares? It's your guys' opinion." But I feel the same way, and not even so much just about like Vegas homers, like because I know there's situations where you know back when I was at Junkie and there's ten of us, and and all ten of us or nine of us pick one way, but if you talk to everybody individually, they're like. I'm just leaning slightly that way. Yep. But it doesn't look like that. You yep. know what I mean? It just looks like, oh, what, this whole outlet? Like, they think uh, nobody there respects – you know, that's yep. when you get to, like, everybody thought I was going to lose. Like, every, nobody respects me. Nobody gave me a chance. You, it's get, like, well, you get the Anthony Smith calling you out at the post-fight yes, interviews as yes. well. You get that and it's like, hey, where's Junkie at? Yep. Uh, here? Yeah, just hey, me. Why, what's up with that? Why y'all got to pick against me? Why you got to – So like, true. Uh... So every once in a while you gotta you gotta jump on it, but I do believe Sean's got the skill set. I think it's gonna be great. But man, watching the highlights when I was grabbing some footage for when we were doing the spinning back click on Monday show, and I was grabbing some B roll. Holy cow, uh, DDP is just he is so dangerous. He's such a force. And I was watching this highlight of we I think it was a quintet match that somebody put on Twitter the other day, mm-hmm. where he literally like tapped out a whole like uh, Gracie Baja like. Jiu-jitsu team, like it was just absolutely nuts. So I mean, if it gets to the ground, if he's able to get Sean on the ground, I think he wants to knock Sean out. I think he wants to beat Sean at Sean's game. So I think he wants Sean to come forward. I think he just wants to knock him out. Uh, but if he gets him to the ground, if he's able to get Sean to the ground, I think it's game over. Me too. DDP is just so dangerous on the ground. It just it's not not that Sean doesn't have a jujitsu game. Sean's game is that pressure, just that wearing you down. And if DDP, he's just, man, even when you see them side by side, man, he's built differently, man. He is, uh, he's thick, man. Something that, that, that South African water, uh, he's just, man, he's built different. And he's, he's got great cardio. He's got good, uh, he's got good striking. Um, it's dangerous. I think if anybody had to say who had more weapons, I think DDP probably has more on paper to, to do it. But, um, man, I, if you ask me, like, would Sean, be able to do what he did to Izzy, I'd say you're absolutely crazy. So, I mean, at this point, he's he's moved mountains, and I'm, I'm hard-pressed to not think that he's going to do it again, yep. you know. Uh, it's it's just crazy. It is, it's man. Just, his head's got to be there. That's it. If he's clear and he goes into that fight clear, focused, and – you know, he know he's said always. He's like, I'm really, I'm ready to go in there and die. I'm just going to go forward. I'm going to do my thing. I'm willing to, to to die in there. I believe that when it comes to him. But the thing is, is if he's too far in his head and he's too agitated, if if, if DDP is able to get into his skin, and that's why I think Sean wants this to sort of like not have the crazy shit talk, so he can stay out of his I head, agree. so he could just stay focused and let him have that sort of like go in there feeling like, oh, I've won the shit talk this week, you know, so he has that little boost. If he can go in there feeling even-headed, you know, level-headed and not thinking like, I need to kill this guy because he hurt my feelings, then that's going to be a bad day. If he's going in there with hurt feelings and, like, carrying something on his shoulder, he's not going to get out of his head, you know, and I think that's a bad move to go against a guy like DDP. We've said, I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure we've said on this show before, DDP is going to be a champion at some point. I agree. And this could be that weekend. If it's not this weekend, it's going to happen at some point. Um, in all likelihood, it could be this weekend. It really, really could. I'm having a hard time not seeing that possibility from DDP, right? Yeah. But I also don't want to count out Sean Strickland. Like the yeah. battle-tested, you know, strengthened by his last performance, even more resolved than normal, um, has I – mean, I mean, is known for a, a career full of hard sparring and yeah. going – full speed and so he's used to power he's seen everything it was actually um i I was interviewing uh marvin vittori yesterday and i actually posted that today on twitter so if anybody wants to see uh that full interview it's there and as i started doing i've put the full transcription of the interviews in there as well if you don't want to watch it just want to kind of scan through it and check out the things that matter to you most but i even asked him about it and he said look man I know Sean Strickland. Like, we trained together a ton. If anybody does know, Vittori's actually out uh, at American Top Team now. He's actually settled yeah. in Florida. So, he, he, But, you know, he spent a lot of time here in Vegas, yeah. and he yeah. said, man, we trained together a lot, and I know Sean Strickland very well. He's like, um, 
and he should be able to do this. He's like, but this Duplessis guy, and he said it so true. He's like, he's weird. He's odd. He moves with weird timing, yeah. but it works for him, right? And he also said another thing that I thought was spot on and hilarious. He's like, and the other thing is he just doesn't follow the rules. Like, normally a person would be like, well, I got to pace myself because this is a five-rounder. He's like, this dude just goes out, and he's like, and when the tank's empty, the tank's, tank's empty, empty yeah. and then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? He's like, I'm not following any conventional rules. Yeah. I'm not concerned. Like, we going at it. And then we'll see what happens. So even Marvin and was it's like, working. <laughs> yeah, and it's working. And so even Marvin was like, man, he's like, I, I think Sean should be able to get it done, but I just can't count Drickus out because yeah. like that dude is dangerous and good. And he knows what he's talking about. I mean, he's he's been in there. I mean, he's seen it. It's crazy. Yeah, I, and I think you're right, man. Uh, Drick has, ne- has never sort of just slow played it when he's got in there. You know, I mm-hmm. think. But it's the same thing with Sean too. Like you got these two guys that have such a gas tank. Um, going forward, it's just going to be whoever makes that mistake or whoever is a little bit hesitant and somebody gets caught because they both have power. We've seen Sean get knocked out before. Um, I don't want to see him get knocked out because <laughs> I want to keep my stat pick. I'm, I'm on top right now. I went 5-0 and 5 and 0 to start it? Wow. So that's why I kind of felt like I have one to give back. This could be the one I give back. It's so funny, the gamesmanship I play in my head. I'm of like, course. okay, I, I, I could do this, I could do this. Um but yeah, it's going to be a banger, man. I, I anticipate uh, it's. Well, I don't want to jinx it. I think somebody, somebody. Well, it could be that somebody sleeps, but I can definitely see both these guys are tough as nails. So it could be a potential fight of the night. I mean, one hundred. I think it should be great. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, co-main event: women's bantamweight title on the line: Raquel Pennington versus Myra Bueno Silva. I feel like these two ladies are getting very disrespected going into That's this it. fight. And I understand yeah. it. Um, I actually was uh, taping earlier with USC Unfiltered and got to interview Myra Buena Silva a little bit. Jim Norton did the majority of it. I just answered a couple questions. But um, and she said, look, I'm, you know, I did ask her about that. And she said, no, nah, look, I don't feel disrespected. And she's like, and guess what? When I go out there and I do what I know I can do, yep. um, you know, I think people will give me that respect. And, um, you know, I think that's a, a real possibility. Um, I just – I think – it's twofold, right? Number one, anytime a champion walks away, especially a dominant champion yep. like Amanda Nunes, where you're just like, I don't believe either of you would have beat Amanda Nunes, so why am I calling you the champion? Yep. I understand that. I, I can't say it. And people are going to say, by, by the way, I saw Raquel Pennington and Amanda Nunes, and it wasn't pretty. You know yep. what I mean? And so so I get that, but I, I just I still feel terrible because like these two ladies have made themselves the top contenders in the division. They were the clear choice for this fight, other than Juliana Pena, who of course can't compete. Yeah. Um. But they were the clear choices for this fight, and this is still a USC title fight. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just I I told. I mean, the criticism is fair of of, of saying anytime again, anytime a champion walks away and you didn't beat that champion, I understand. There's a little asterisk next to it, but I just feel like they're getting completely disrespected. Where people are like. I can't even believe this is a fight, and what are we even doing here? And I just, yeah. I just don't see it that way. This is an opportunity for somebody to change their life. Yeah, and both of them are. I mean, they're they 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 work hard, they fight hard, they're grinders. I mean, they're maybe not the most exciting fights. You're not maybe seeing the most finishes, and maybe that's why people are kind of poo pooing it. I know. I think people, a lot of people, want to see that Pena Silva fight. I mean, I would have been happy with Ra- Raquel and Pena fight. Yep. I remember Myra was like, nobody wants to see that fight. I was like, I, I'm cool with it. Okay, I'm like, it'd yeah, be a good fight. I remember know? that. She was like calling you out in yeah. the, the press. You're like, I don't, I mean, yeah, man. I'm like, I'm good with I'm it. Good. I'm like, I like, but I like these fights. I, I mean, I like, you know, obviously, because my Invicta posters, I like women's MMA. I know a lot of people like to, to shit on it, but I mean, it's a, it's a title fight. It's a, it's a division that needs to have a champ at the top of it and needed to get answered. Um, you know, right now, it's funny. I'm going back to my head, like early when we were talking about what made sense for some of these fights. I mean, with the UFC putting on so many events, you know, you need to have these titles sort of on a lot of these events, yes, and it's do. kind of making it rough. That's why we're, you know, all the talk of why the postponement in Saudi Arabia because you know you got these great cards from PFL. Oh my God, that PFL Bellator champ card. I love card. that card. Holy I love, shit! Now listen, that it, is bonkers. Granted, it only can happen once. It can only happen once. It well, only it's supposed to happen every year, but it, but, but that but at least the thing, first one. That champ it's versus super champ. cool. Because then they're gone. <laughs> I don't know how well. Yeah, right. I don't not know. The champ no more. <laughs> I don't know how well they're gonna you know sell on pay per view. Obviously, yeah. it's, I know that's a hard ask, and but I don't think they care. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like look, we just want to make some noise. We want to get some people talking Who knows about what it. The spectacle is going to look like. Yep. I mean, depending on what sort of money they've thrown around. You know, everybody's been saying like, say the UFC got paid like whatever fifteen million dollars, and then they were like, we gave you this fifteen billion dollars to put this on. We're not going to take a random ass card. You're like, right. there's nobody on the card that that you know really speaks to that 
culture or to that country. So they're like, no, you need to come back. So, you know, and I've been hearing about that from, I was, when I've recently been hanging out with some production guys. So mm. I had heard that that car was, was in flux. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden Ariel came out and said it and they were like, oh, see, see, Ariel knows everything. I was like, bitch, I already knew that something was going on. <laughs> but I was like, I can't just can't say, say it. it. Yeah. You know, um, but whatever. Um, but I mean, as for this particular card, like it makes sense to put this fight on here. I think it's a good fight. Um, it's going to be, you know, when you look down the rest of the card, there are great names, but really, knowing that this is for a title fight, be one thing if it wasn't for a title, yes, then I can maybe see where somebody's like, okay, well, let's maybe put the Canadian Mike Malat that everybody's so high on right now. Maybe yep. they can move him up into the co-main. But with this going for a title fight, it's got to be the co-main event. I think it's going to be a good fight. Um, it's probably going to be a grind-out decision because I think even if my – I picked uh, Silva in that one. I think she's just so powerful. She's so tough. Too. But Pennington's so damn tough. You just can't count her out of any fight. You can't fight. count her out. And, and, this, and this is one thing I was thinking about earlier, too, um, is is also – like, it didn't go her way, but Raquel's been in this situation before. Yeah. Like, Mario Buena Silva, you know, she she said it. She, she, she was saying that she was kind of nervous about the media day because it was going to be a big media day. It didn't end up being that crazy for her, yeah. you know. Um, but she was like, I'm kind of nervous about the press conference. I'm kind of yeah. nervous. You know, she's never she's done been doing all a lot this. of media, a lot of media, almost the equivalent of if it, if it was a main event, like when she's main evented at like the P, uh, the PI, mm-hmm. I guarantee she hasn't done as much media. I saw her, like you said, so you guys did it for the UFC podcast. Right. I saw that she did a sit down. Uh, she did a sit down with us the other day. She's doing sit downs with other people. I mean, it might as well be a main event. She's done more media this week than she's done Ever. any of the Apex shows. Ever. Ever. So she said, she did say, by the way, that that uh, Pantoja has been a big help to her in terms of just like, you know, mentally how to handle things oh, and how to good. approach that's the awesome. moment and how, how to handle all all the stuff that comes along with championship fight week. Oh, so that's, that's very good. Cool. But, but I do wonder because if we're just talking about, I know that these two are executing at 100%. Everything is dialed in 100%. I lean Silva. I just, you yep. know, the, the size that she has, yep. the submission abilities that she has. But, yep. you know, this is this has been a pretty quick rise for her yeah. to this moment, and do you get to a position where all of a sudden it gets in your head and it psychs you out and you freeze up and and whatever you know just the, the enormity of the moment gets to you. Yeah, and if it is, then Raquel Pennington, you can't count her out of any yep. fight. She's so. been there. She's been she's there. Been there. What's cool about the MBS right now is like she's firing on all cylinders. She's also she's speaking more English. She's talking the game. Yep. Like she's literally setting herself up. You know to. You know, it's tough to say, like, setting up for, for superstar status. But, I mean, like, she's building that she's way. She's showing her she's personality. She's building that way. She's showing her personality. Yep. And if you really want to take that next step, she's doing all the right things. She's performing how she should. She's Now she's working on her English. So you could take away that whole part that where people can't see her personality. It's yep. getting better. It's getting better. And with a great performance. And if she's able to finish Rocky, man, that would be a huge, huge feather in her cap. But, yeah, I yes, think I'm, I'm anticipating this is going to be a good fight. I mean – but again, I I think this is a solid card. Um, it's very international based. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of Canadians. <laughs> lots of Canadians. They get the opportunity to. The, yeah. one, the, the one I'll just say out, out of the main card, Arnold Allen, Mosar Evloev is, is is the fight that I can't wait to see out of that That's main card. Be fun. I mean, Neil Magny, Mike Malai, as you said, everybody's high on Mike Malai. Yeah. I was actually surprised. Look, the, you see the betting line on that one, <coughs> Mike Malai. Anywhere from minus three fifty to minus four hundred. That's big. I I had a feeling that he was going to be the favorite. People are people are you know setting this guy up like he's literally taking the flag from GSP. Like he's high. They're they're hanging their head on. I mean, and he's fought. He's putting on hell of a performance. Yes, he and, is. and it doesn't help that you know Magny hasn't performed as good as he has in years past. But he's just got that style. I mean, if he's able to sort he of just makes everybody like yeah, not look great, slows them down and just sort of, sort of overpowers them. But Mike's Mike's a tough man. I I love Neil Magny, and I did pick against him in this one. I think this is just Mike's just coming on, uh, firing on all cylinders, and I think he's literally. Um, that crowd, as much as we talk about the difference being in front of a crowd and being uh, just like in an Apex show, he's going to walk in there. That walk is going to be loud as all get out because I think when the Canadians, when they think about who's, you know, champion uh, Canadian MMA, this is the cat. This mm-hmm. is the guy that most of them are, are you know, putting their chips they on. They are, absolutely. And with good reason. I mean, the guy's a stud. Um, so it would be interesting to see. But, yeah, I'm picking – I picked Mike in that one. But, man, if Neil does what Neil does, I will be so happy for him. He's He's been able to stay relevant. Um, even with losses, he, he he's able to pull out some of these big fights. Um, I'm happy if, if he was able to get a win. I, I think this is going to be a tough, a tough ask for him. But, like you said, man, he's just got a way of making the fight go his way. 
And uh, if he's able to sort of just sort of man power, you know, sort of muscle uh, Malat, he's. I think he's got a pretty good chance. I just don't. I just don't see it. I think. I think Mike's just too dynamic right now, and he's he's firing. He's firing too well. But um, you know, you kind of jumped over this one because you're right. The Evluev and Allen fights would good, but Chris Curtis, Mark Andre Barrio, like how can fun. you not like get into that? Like, and yep. I think maybe too that because I feel like Chris Curtis, man. Like a lot of people, you know, it was weird with like. Getting off social media, you know, maybe he's back on. I don't know. Like being associated, I love. You know, like we said, extreme couture. I mean, it's literally ten minutes from here. You if know, that. it's hard to not. If that. Yeah, it's hard to not like root for the cats there. And and a guy like Chris, man, he's he wears his heart on his sleeve. He he works his butt off. You see him going out there and training hard with his team. And he's the kind of guy that you know he cares about people. He gets upset when people like talk shit on online and. And that's why partial, I think, part of the reason why he wanted to separate himself. He's like, he just wants to focus on all the the important shit and not all the other stuff that just unfortunately is tagged along with this sport. You know, like he's a good, he's a good human being. Yes, and he you can't, you can't argue with Marc-Andre as well, man. He seems to be a really, really nice guy too. So that's going to be one of the ones I think it's going to be a good fight. Um, but it's like both guys are good guys. You don't want to see either one of them take any damage, you know, but uh, that should be a really, really good one too. And I think, you know, when we talk about what things that can keep Strickland, um, you know, sort of in check and focused, having a teammate fight just, you know, a little bit before enough time that he could watch the fight and kind of get his head back. I think having Chris here uh, is going to help. And I think just scanning over the card, I think that's the only other person from Extreme on the card, unless I'm missing over somebody. Um, I think that's right. But it should be. I think that's going to help Sean. I mean, and this isn't just a random guy that's at the gym. Like, this is one of his main yeah, training partners. 100%. So I think that's going to work in Sean's favor. And on the flip side, I think it's going to work for, for Chris as well because this could be a crazy game, you know, a crazy week where he's going into enemy territory, which is not that far from here. Um, <laughs> but he's going to have one of his teammates there. Besides just having his coaches and his train, you know, some of his close people there, he's going to have one of his closest training partners there as well. So I think that that always works out. It's always – well, not always works out, but it usually works in the favor of the guys in the big main card if they have a close teammate that's there to kind of help – keep them focused through the week, cutting the weight with them, you know, and, and training and stuff. So I'm looking forward to that Chris Curtis one. I'm, I really think that'll be a – that should be a good one. Yeah, and so that's why I say, like, I, I get why people are looking at this card and they're like, I don't know. Um, obviously, man, the Canadians, the number of Canadian athletes on it, I mean, you've got yeah. damn near every fight. Um, They've been jonesing for a card, though. They have I, – I, Hardcore. I know. And I know. And I know they look at some of these other big fights and I'm sure they're like, ah, this is not what we wanted – um, but I think it's going to be entertaining. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but it just looks to me on paper like we're going to walk away going, that was a fun card. You know, Charles Jordan and Sean Woodson should be a lot <laughs> I was of – just looking at that Come one. on, man. Those dudes. That's awesome. That sty- is a killer fight. Stylistic matches should be great. Julian Robertson, Pollyanna Viana. Oh, that card just for my heart right there. Yeah, entertaining. <laughs> I know. I, I knew that one would have you have you worked up there. Uh, I, I, you know, Malat, obviously – I might need some time alone. Yeah, yeah hold on. John, can you just wait for a second? Uh, yeah. Mike Malott fought in the CFFC, and then also we have Johan Linus, Jasmine Jasdavisius. So, you know, I'm always following those CFFC yep. veterans in there. Malcolm Gordon, Jimmy Flick should be a lot of fun. So, I look on it's paper. It's a good card. It is, and I'm telling you, even me, when this thing was first announced, I'm like, ooh, I don't I don't know. That's the greatest way to start the year. But And, and you again. Look at, you look at some of the other pay-per-views. I mean, like, it, it's crazy because I think we, we have a bad habit of com- everybody's comparing every pay-per-view to the, the previous pay-per-view right. and then the one that's coming up. In terms of looking at like 298, 299, and how 300 starting to shape up, of course, 297 doesn't look that powerful compared to some of the other ones. But when you just take it out of the context of let me have to compare it against this next one, I guess when you're thinking about, you know, what am I going to spend my money on because these aren't that far apart, I could see where somebody's like, okay, you know, maybe I'm only going to put my money on this one. But if you just look at this card as a whole, it's a good card. Mm-hmm. It's a good card. Is it maybe worth. 70, 80 bucks or however much, maybe not, you know, um, but it's a damn good card. It's uh, a damn good card. And I hate it when people say, oh, that's an Apex card. Because I like Apex cards because that's <laughs> not affecting me, people. My, uh, I get so fired up with that. People always, like even my own coworkers, just constantly shit on Apex cards. And I'm just like, bro, I love Apex cards. Yeah, so leave me alone. I'm like Apex. It's my like, jam, it's bro. Five minutes from it's my house. My the internet works. I've got close proximity to the screen. The fighters, I could fucking throw my pen and hit them in the face like it's close. <laughs> and then when people are like, oh, man, I miss the walkouts and I miss seeing the crowd. I'm like, what are you watching for? <laughs> I get it. I get it. You know, I like, 
I get it. The fighter's like, I'm bummed. I'm not fighting in front of a crowd. That I understand. Yep. You as a fan just sitting at home, you're like, oh, I miss seeing the walkout. Like, what? Because you want to see him just tap hands with people? Like, is that? <laughs> are you like jerking off to that? Like, what gets? What is so? I mean, I get it, but like, uh, I don't know. It just, it, 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 I just, but. I am a homer for Apex shows because they're super I'm the easy. the same way. I'm like, ah, it's easy. You know? I mean, if they went on the road full-time, I'd be more than happy to sit here on my couch and be a remote editor and do whatever. But also, if they keep putting on Apex shows, I'm not bitching about driving five minutes down my street to cover stuff three days out of the week going to the UFC Apex. Like, if anybody should be bitching about Apex shows, it could be me. But I'm not because I enjoy them. You know, I enjoy the, the, the closeness. I enjoy the small atmosphere. Um, yes, maybe if there were more fans, maybe it would get rowdier. But I'm, again, that's not, that doesn't bother me. I don't care about how many nah, fans are I, present. I wish I know they talked about because I was because I'm in the same boat with you, and I know that we're in the minority for that. And a lot of it is for what you said. It's our convenience, but um, but I just I, I just I like it. You know what I mean? But I, if a few more fans would be nice, if it was like the size of the palms or the size, you know what I mean? Where palm a, shows a were crazy. Palms, palm shows were great. And people bring that up, and I'm glad you said that because some people, some threw out something the other day, and they were like, "Isn't the the capacity supposed to be like 1500?" I have not heard that because um, even when you take in the the room, I've tried to ask in the past like what the capacity of the room was because just in terms of like the fire marshal, right, right. So even if they said it was a thousand, there's one, there's no way. Ever they would put a thousand seats in that small room, but then when you subtract how many staff, how many the commissioners, the camera people, all the other people in the room, it's not just a thousand for the fans; it's a thousand capacity. Total, yeah, yeah. You know, so a lot of that in there. But we've seen that room. Even if you jam packed it full of chairs, which they never could, because one, they could never actually have a production in there. You can't have cameras floating in and out around the thing, getting into the cage, getting back to their seat, doing a walkout. If you had chairs filling up the whole thing, right. so you have to have room for the actual production. So I could see where somebody's like, well, maybe if it was somewhere else, you could do that. But again, that all boils down to what just crowd noise. You want to see crowd noise? If the fighters start complaining more and say, I absolutely hate. Apex shows because I need to have fighters or I need to have fans, then I'd, I'm listening to them. Like, yeah. I get it. But if the if the fighters aren't complaining, why why are, why are fans complaining? Yeah, and it's 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 split, right? There are some people who said, I, I need that extra jolt of energy. But there's a sure. lot of fighters, too, that said, I like it in there because I can hear my coaches. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't get as nervous. And so. I'm not saying every show should be at the Apex show. No, no, but, no. But I mean, like. To act like there should never be another Apex show again. Yeah. I'm like, man, what did Apex do to you? That make you so upset at it. You touched on the uh, the Bellator PFL card, which I'm really looking forward to as well. I mean, we kind of knew most of it, you know, because obviously it was champion versus champion, champion versus so we'd already yep. seen some. But, like, you know, when, uh, Tiago Santos versus UL Romero, I mean, that could be absolute madness. Yeah, boy, see you soon. Clay Collard, AJ McKee could be a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Bruno Capalozza versus Vadim Nemkov. So those were the ones we kind of weren't expecting there. Have you guys? Uh, oh, but you also see uh, at the bottom, uh, Clarissa Shields. Is that the Clarissa Shields is on there as like well? Like that because I don't think that I don't know if they meant to release the the opponent's name or if they just kind of like, oh hey, by the like, way, whoops. it's already on the card, you know? Because I think a lot of people didn't know what her opponent was until they they saw that card. That's true. You know, so I think they were just like, well, we have this graphic we're going to put on. I'm like, oh, did you know that you're also going to release that information? I hope you meant to do it. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, you're right. It was Because normally they would make a big thing out They'd of just her thing. opponent. The fact that she's like, back on a card. Yeah. You know, like, fact, instead of just like, ah, part of, part of this, here we go. Look down below. Look what I see. Yeah, because, I mean, they haven't said anything. I mean, I know they were trying to get something together, but, like, nobody had heard that they had, had a definite date. But. Now you do, and now we know who it is. Piaggi Ali Walsh finally making his pro debut. Um, Look at that. Gabriel Braga versus – Well, well, about time. It is time. Gabriel Braga versus Aaron Pico could could be a fantastic fight, although, of course, um, it came out almost simultaneously, the news that Gabriel Braga's father uh, had been murdered, and so uh, we'll see if that affects him. I I don't know if he's going to feel like fighting a month later. haven't heard news on that, but obviously, you know, condolences to him and his family. That's just awful, awful news. Um, but man, this is going to be a, a good card. Um, are you? Uh, <laughs> I feel bad for Bader. <laughs> He's got a tough, tough matchup. Bro, Fajeda is no joke. Dude, that's the dude that everybody was like, that's the guy that Francis doesn't want to come back and fight right now. They want to have something sexier. Because I mean, if you put him against Francis, I'm, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little worried for Francis. Not in the terms of just power, but in terms of like his ground game and and he's got striking. He's got a chin, but. Uh, so I'm interested in that. So here, so Whew. here's all right. So here's interesting. 
Um, so I, I spoke to Marvin Vittori. That, that video is up. I also spoke to, to Rico Verhoeven, uh, the glory kickboxing heavyweight champ who's been a dominant there for like a decade. He's actually entering into a Grand Prix on March the 9th. Single single night, eight man, you know, three fights in one night type thing. Where can thing. you find that interview? Uh, that could be on. That's on my Twitter or, or X, if you will. But okay, yeah, if you okay. want to find that, that's it's all me. It's just John Morgan doing <laughs> John Morgan things, man. Um, but no, uh, but it was funny because I, he was like, yeah, and then you know, he's like, this is gonna be my last contract with Glory. He's like, you know, I'm getting a little older. Yeah. He's like, um, I really. He has some man. He has some great advice for like young fighters. He was talking about how you always make sure you're thinking about. You know, life after fighting, which yeah. we've heard for years. It, it is yeah. true, but some people don't like to talk about it. And he yep. was really laying it out there. But he was like, man, maybe we do like a little mixed rules fight, you know, something like that. And that was a name that came to my mind. And I know it had been bantered out there before because they had done some training together and stuff. But um, I want – because, look, I would love to see Hennen Fajeda versus uh, Francis Nagano. I think that would be a phenomenal fight. But, you know, I heard a lot of people saying, and I get it, ah, yeah, but I don't know if that moves the needle with pay-per-view. Yeah. I wonder if Rico Verhoeven would move the needle for pay-per-view against Francis Nagano. I mean, you know, hasn't been in the MMA world, but if you know, if we're talking about yeah. doing these Deontay Wilder-type fights, I mean, yeah. obviously he's a, a huge star in certain parts of the world. He is an accomplished world champion for years, you yeah. know, one of the greatest in kickboxing history. Um, and, you know, a, a big dude, obviously. I wonder if that would be an option for if, if Glory and the PFL would work. To, PFL seems like they're kind of open to working with anybody, right? Like, they'd probably co-promote maybe, right? Yeah. Do something. I mean, they seem – They seem. I mean, if there's going to be an organization that's willing to kind of, you know, be willing to give up what they need to to make a fight happen, it seems to be the PFL. I mean, if they're willing to break even, you know, to make things happen, um, I definitely can see that happening. Maybe so. Maybe so. I think that probably makes sense, and that probably is maybe a little better fight for Francis. Yeah. Even though it's going to be a guy that wants to keep it standing. Um, I don't know. Just I thought – I was like, you know what? That could actually be an entry. But, uh, look, if Hennifer Hedder wins – Against Ryan Bader. So if you're like, hold on, my man won the season. Yeah. Then my man came out and beat the champion of another organization, and now you're still telling me he doesn't get the fight. Like I could see a little yeah. bit of rebellion of like, then why are we doing this again? Yeah. I thought I thought there were no politics in the matchmaking here. I thought you know yeah. you just win in advance and you get the fights. Now granted, this is a special circumstance because it's pay per view and it's super fight. Um, but man, I, I would I would like to see that and. Yeah, I think they should put that fight together. I think it should be. I think it should be hidden next. It could be interesting, or or that Deontay Wilder. <laughs> or Deontay, I would sign up for Deontay Wilder. Hundred percent. Like if he could go fight Anthony Joshua, and then Deontay Wilder's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna box you, but let's do MMA first or something or whatever, or let's box and then we'll do MMA or something. Um, just keep keep, keep taking those bags, man. Just take the bag, man. <laughs> just. Do that thing. Do that thing. Um, but, yeah, something like that because, honestly, with this whole, like, uh, super fight series, this main thing, like, B this PFL versus Bellator champs, oh, my God, how sexy is that card? And I love just, it. It's just so fantastic. Like, that, I get. That is a super series. That's legit super. That's just an absolutely fantastic thing. Seeing Francis fight, the guy that's just a top PFL for a PFL fight, that's doesn't sound like a super series. It right. doesn't sound like something sexy. But if you put him against one of the biggest names in a combat sport that's making his, you know, transfer over or whatever, and they have this sort of like boxing first, MMA second sort of deal, that's sexy again, you know, and I could see something like that. Is it a fair MMA fight, him against Deontay Water? Hell no. But um, does it move the needle and would it sell more? Uh, yeah. I'm I, could, in. I could see like Saudi or somebody like, dude, we'll throw mad money for that fight. I have know? to. Um, so it'd be interesting, but yeah, the, the head fight's dangerous for anybody that wants to get in there. That, um, a, that dude I, is so big. I feel so, I like, I like Bader a lot, but man, I, this fight, he could go, he can get murked in that one. That's not going to, I just hope he doesn't get hurt, hurt. I just don't want him to like knock him out in like a first few seconds and just nah, flat him. I've covered Bader's him. career yeah. for so long, man. Yeah. Such a good dude. He's such a good dude. He's always been very, very accommodating. I mean, even when I, I think my first I just started with the UFC. He was one of the first interviews I remember doing, and he was on his way up, and he was just like the politest, like very, very um, just agreeable. I think I was probably nervous at first, too, and he was very, very patient and stuff, and I was just like, you're a good dude, <laughs> and I've always liked the guy ever since. So, um, yeah, you hate you hate to see guys like that going. And man, that makes me think of the Jim Miller and Bobby Green. That's – 
that's uh that's a tough matchup it's a tough for Miller. But it's a tough matchup for Bobby too, man. That's two guys I really, really like and appreciate as well. Um, yep. I would have liked to see. I, I want. I like the fact that Brown was calling him out. I would have been happy seeing that one as well. Um, I think the Felder fight would have been a good fight. Um, Green just kind of came out of left field for me. I was like, wow, I didn't know that that was an option. But it makes sense. It's a guy that's been around for a long time. It's a name that moves the the, the needle, and he's relevant. He's still fighting really, really at a high level. Um, but I was I was a little bit surprised um, <clears throat> when they said that one. I was I was not expecting that one at all. It, yeah. it does make sense, but I was not expecting that yeah, one. Yeah, I was like, where the hell did that come from? Where do you stand on Gaethje Holloway? Because I feel like a lot of oh. people are going like, why did Max take this fight? And look, if there's anybody, I mean, look, we've yeah. seen Max move up and it didn't work out so well. But if there's anybody that deserves to move up, that deserves a fight like this, that that you deserves know, to fight for a BMF that belt, de- deserves a fight for a BMF belt, it's yeah. Holloway. But I mean, look, it's a, tough dude, it's a tough ask for anybody that's going in there against Justin Gaethje, yeah. right? Like if you you know you're going in against Justin Gaethje, like you're coming out different, yeah. you know what I mean? And and then to know that oh, and by the way, you're moving up a division to do it. Like I get it, but I I don't know. It feels like some of the initial reaction has almost been like almost like disrespectful of Max Holloway. Like wow, he has zero chance in this fight, and I don't think he has zero chance. But good lord, it takes some balls to move up a division and face Justin Gaethje because yeah. Gaethje's a human wrecking machine. I mean, let's I mean, we look at what he did to Dustin Poirier, you know, when they actually to get for that BMF belt. And I mean, like we've seen, you know, Dustin is just a fantastic fighter. And I mean, we've seen Max, I mean, when it comes to toughness, I mean, that's another guy that I mean, I think everybody how can you not love Max? I mean, have an affinity for what he's done mm. for the sport, you know, you know what he's going to go out there and he's going to give 100%. And I think he probably has a way to kind of make that fight play more in his favor if he doesn't try to engage Justin and make it a brawl and doesn't just make it dirty. And Justin's smart enough to know that, hey, if you're not, I'm, he's not going to force the issue. You know, like if Max isn't trying to just make it a slug, Justin's not going to go out of his way to make it a slug fest. Right. He'll go with what's given to him, and it could be a lot of fun. And I think that probably plays in Max's favor to make it uh, a more um, competitive fight. But initially when I saw it, yeah, I, I, I kind of felt, not that I felt that they did him dirty, but I was just like, damn. That is a tough. That's a tough matchup. And if I had to pick right now, I'd pick Gagey. I would it, too. You know, I, I just being as honest. As much as I, lo- I love, as much Holloway, as I love Max Holloway, I'd pick Gagey. That's tough, man. Like Gagey, I mean, he's he's. Just, I I picked uh, Poirier to win that one uh, when he fought Gagey, and Gagey literally <laughs> fought the perfect fight. And Dustin doesn't make mistakes. Doesn't Dustin doesn't get flatlined like that. I mean, like. It was just ridiculous. So, I mean, uh, Justin right now, it's getting near the end of his career, and he's fighting as good as, as he possibly has been in years. And I just uh, – I think it's going to be a good – I think it would be a good fight, but I think it would be a good fight because if Max is smart and doesn't try to force it, I think we'll, we'll see a good battle that where both guys are tested and, and show their heart. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, unless he finds a way to sort of outpoint him, um, I, see, I, see, I just see Justin – having the the strength and the chin and too much power. I do too. I do too. But Max gets beat up, man, and he wears it. He wears it. And he and fights. He, and he fights. And he fights. You know, it's crazy. A 300 card is looking sharp, man. Uh, you know, maybe you're, you know, two title fights. Maybe you need like a real true headliner or something. And maybe it ends up being the welterweight title fight. I don't know. We'll see. But, man, you can't complain about that card. It's looking looking sharp, man. Just yeah. not a bad fight on That's there. why I think people just shit on 297 because these cards are, are lining up. 298, 299 are solid. Three starting to look up really, really good. So All of it looking good. All right, listen. Uh, man, I'm happy to hear my voice coming back. I feel like I'm getting healthy. You again. sound it's a lot a better. I, it's funny because I, I – when you said that at the first, I didn't because I didn't even think about like you still had like yep. something with your voice because it sounded better. But you could still hear a little bit, yep. but nothing like last week. You I sound still, leaps and bounds better. I, I still you made me laugh a couple times. I started to cough and like yeah. I get feel, but uh, but yeah, dude, it's, that's you need some bone broth. You want some bone broth? A little bone broth? Maybe I give a little bone <laughs> I'll take broth. You one to one try those, take one of those bone broth. Let me see. Maybe, maybe I have to see what this bone broth is all about over there, man. That's why I need is the strength of the bone broth. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It, I was I'll, to be honest with you, it, a month I was starting to get better. worried. I was like, dude, is this just a Eli doing better? Is this is what I'm saying. He's st- he's still he's coughing. He- he's been sick for a couple weeks now. He's yeah. taking antibiotic and he's fine. It's yeah, I saw the D show like, had a picture of him like out on his bike with like his buddy. And that's good. Yeah, it's he's it's just the cough won't go away. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like I don't. He's not. He doesn't feel bad other than the fact that like his throat hurts when he's coughing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that always sucks. When yeah, you, when when it's just of, painful. You know, and like yeah. body's convulsing and stuff. Because even if you just get in a cough, you wonder like 
just the exercise got to be good too. Just getting yeah. out of the house. I think anybody that unfortunately is sick and then they're sort of bedridden or they're just stuck in the house, it it's just not good. Makes it's it weird. makes it last longer. Like they tell you to rest, but like I think your body needs to move around needs and stuff to move. too. You know what you I mean? Like cough that shit up. You know, you got to do a little something to kind of do it. You know. I know. I know. So I'm glad to hear. But anyway, all right. Listen. Uh, Appreciate everybody that uh, supports us. Obviously, if you ever take a moment to uh, rate us, review us, wherever you listen, that's always beneficial and helpful. I'd appreciate that. You can tell the world that I finally don't sound like an idiot anymore. I <laughs> thought I was going to have to quit hosting podcasts and quit calling fights because I'm like, my voice is never coming back to what it used to be. Uh, and, of course, if you want to take to that next level and support us at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the show. And we always appreciate those hardcores yes, up to that next level Yes, thank you for helping keep well. the lights on. Keeping Ain't, the website up, keep, keep the lights on. That's it. Just help. <laughs> we, we appreciate all that because as much fun as we have doing this, obviously, that does come with some expenses as well. So thank you for helping support that. Uh, but no matter what you do, whether you support us at the highest tier or whether you just support us on a weekly basis by spending your time with us, we definitely do appreciate it. So uh, thanks for listening.